I've been rewatching the Florida Gators 2022 season, and good lord, this team desperately needs to improve the pass rush, but I think I know how they can and will in 2023. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, and NFL 33. And like I mentioned, the Florida Gators pass rush in 2022 was not good. Like it, it just wasn't. And you can tell that when you actually watch it. But even when you look at the numbers, they're they're still not great. <laughs> it still isn't a team that had an awesome season. Nobody in the top, nobody hit 30 pressures on the season, which is bad. Like I understand not everybody can be, you know, Will Anderson. Not everybody can do that. But 30 on the season is bad. I mean, Alabama, I'm looking at now, had four people with more pressures than Florida had. Any. Florida's leading pressure was 27 from Prince Leumann Mielin. Alabama had Will Anderson Jr., Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, and Byron Young, all with 28 or more. Will Anderson having 65 individually. And Florida couldn't come close to that. Florida didn't come close to half of that. So Florida, the pass rush has to improve desperately does need to and there's a few ways you can do it we'll start by talking about personnel wise Prince Leumann Mielin was the leading pressure getter in 2022 I like to call him a pressure cooker he's moving to Jack from that D end roll with his hand in the ground I like it like I like Prince Leumann Mielin playing Jack outside linebacker that's that stand-up edge rusher like I said and I think it's personally I think it's easier to rush the passer when you're coming off the edge as a stand-up rusher. When you have a hand in the dirt, sure, it helps you with pad level, but just I think getting that quick first step from Princely, especially from someone like Princely, like Ja'Kai Polite, like Dante Fowler, where they get to stand up and rush the passer. If you're if one of your best traits is a quick first step, then rushing as a stand-up pass rusher is significantly easier in my opinion. And so for Prince Leumann Mielin, I think that his quick first step is actually a huge advantage of his and something that is quite often overlooked, but I think that it's a big advantage for him. So him moving to Jack should help elevate him as a pass rusher. So there, there's that for Princely, the personnel-wise right there, you're getting it. And I understand Antoine Power Island was kind of who we talked about as the Jack for this year. That's not happening because it is Prince Leumann Mielin, but that still means that, or that doesn't mean you shouldn't expect to see Antoine Power Island. He will likely still play significant snaps. Like he's likely going to be the number one guy coming in as the rotational piece at Jack, or maybe you see two Jack linebackers and two stand-up edge rushers from Prince Leumann Mielin 
and Antoine Power Island at the same time where you could talk about this defense where whether you want to say it's a 3-3-5 with an over front or you want to say it's a 4-2-5 or you want to say it's a 2-4-5 if both Prinsley and Antoine Power Island are standing with their hands up. I don't care what you call it. The fact is you're going to have four guys in the line of scrimmage. Maybe two of them end up being Prinsley Monmelin and Antoine Power Island, both with their hand up. So for me, I don't care what you want to call them. I will fully expect to see Antoine Power Island and Prince Leumann Mielin both on the field at the same time, even if they're both considered Jack linebackers. I could easily see them both come in and play frequently and consistently. On the interior, the biggest thing you do is get Chris McLellan significant playing time. Like whether you start him at either spot, I don't care. Maybe you think... You know, maybe maybe Desmond Watson needs to get in better shape, if that's your opinion. Uh, as personally, if he's deemed, you know, not like life-threateningly unhealthy and he can play, then play him. I'm, I'm not here to justify how you look or what your weight is. I don't care about that. That's not my job. What I'm saying here is if Chris McClellan, if you think Desmond Watson does need to trim down, then start Chris McClellan at the nose and I won't complain or start Cam Jackson at the nose and play Chris McClellan starting at the three tech, which is typically thought of as the pass rushing. That's, that's that D end. That's really still a D tackle because the Jack is on his outside shoulder. So he is still an interior defensive lineman. That's what Javon Dexter played last year, that three tech role. And if that's what you want to do with Chris McClellan, do it with Chris McClellan and have Cam Jackson start at nose. I'm cool with, Whatever you want to do. If you want to have Cam Jackson start at the three tech and have uh, Chris McClellan start at the nose, do that. If you want to have Desmond Watson start at the nose and Cam Jackson start at the three tech, make sure Chris McClellan make make sure Chris McClellan is the primary rotational interior defensive lineman. I want him to come in for Desmond Watson, and then when Desmond Watson comes back on the field, move, move Chris McClellan to three tech and take Cam Jackson off the field. I want Chris McClellan playing more snaps or the same or more snaps than both of those D tackles, because I think he's the best defensive lineman or best interior defensive lineman on this roster for 2023. So Chris McClellan needs to play, especially when he's your best interior pass rusher. Guess what? You might not like it and the numbers don't back it up, but you know, what does back it up. The eye test does back it up. And Chris McClellan was the best interior pass rusher last season from a consistency point of view sure when Jervon Dexter is on you're not getting better than him but when you're looking at what they do not even on a per snap basis but just how they handle those double teams which I've complained about consistently with Jervon Dexter when you look at any of these metrics or not the metrics but the film you will see Chris McClellan from the interior last season was the best pass rusher and I'd also like to see more light personnel that we see in pass rushing situations. I don't want to see this every down, but in a clear passing down situation or an expected passing down situation, I would love seeing Florida go with that kind of NASCAR style that we've seen. And I know it as NASCAR because that's what I grew up with it being with the New York giants um, where they'd have, you know, um, Jason Pierre, Paul, Justin Tuck, OC Manure, Chris Canty as their guys out there for the, Second Super Bowl run, they had Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, O.C. Manure as their main three for the start of it. Matthias, Matthias Kiwanuka was another one. And 
No, I want to see the Gators do it, but take Big Dez off the field. Take Cam Jackson off the field. Put Chris McLellan at the nose. Put Justice Boone or Tyreek Sapp at three tech. Put Princely at D-end or Jack and Antoine Powell Ryland at D-end or Jack and just say, hey, we're expecting a pass. Pin those ears back and get after the quarterback. Just run into the backfield and get in there and cause havoc. Having a four-man front like that, good luck. Good luck if you're an offensive lineman. Good luck if you're a quarterback. Good luck if you're in that offensive bubble, that pocket. Good luck because we've got our guys pinning their ears back and they're coming after you. They don't care what you do. Okay. That's what their job is. That's what their goal is. So I, I want to see that personnel wise. And then of course, we're going to talk about Austin Armstrong, new defensive coordinator. What does he love to do? Blitz. That's going to be a huge point for the Florida Gators in 2023. But first today's episode of lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook America's Number one sportsbook. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And I miss you so much already, March Madness. And I, like so many people on Sunday night, had Gonzaga minus four and a half, which means I needed Gonzaga to win by five or more. They were up by six with 0.7 seconds left in the game. And what did TCU do? Heaved a three, and it went in. And so, no, I did not get that bet. That cost me and quite a few people quite a lot of money, which really sucks. But that's part of the fun, honestly. That's why it's called gambling. You're you're risking things. So make sure, sign up with LockedOn, FanDuel.com, slash LockedOn, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever this is the podcast. Join the Lockdown Gators Discord. Link is in the description below. Like, comment, subscribe, review, all that fun stuff. But now we're talking about the, the, we'll just say the thing when you think about Austin Armstrong. It's been blitzing. You know, we've heard the numbers. We've heard that his team was top in sacks, pressures, QB hits, all these things. We know he blitzed 40% of the time. That's eighth most in the country. We know that. We know he's going to blitz, which means when we're talking about improving this pass rush, that's one of the biggest things to improve a pass rush. That, Like when you talk about, well, this is our team going into the season. We're rushing four players on almost every snap. We're not getting pressure. What do we do? You send a fifth. What if that doesn't work? You send a sixth. What if that doesn't work? Then then you do a thing where it's like, okay, well, we're not going to get pressure. So we're either sending seven or we're dropping eight into coverage and we're just not going to get pressure. And and that's what we're going to do. But Austin Armstrong, his kind of, his default is, we're sending five. Like, like, that's what he wants to do. So just the pure frequency at which Florida will rush the passer or Florida will blitz under Austin Armstrong will help fix the pass rush at least partially. Obviously, you would like to be 
more consistent in actually generating that pressure when you do just rush four? Because, hey, what if we don't have to rush five? Like, what if we can get pressure consistently with four? QB, you're done. It's as simple as that. So maybe there's that. But with Austin Armstrong, you're going to see Shamar James and his athleticism be used as a pass rusher. You're going to see Derek Wingo be used as a pass rusher. Taraja Mitchell be used as a pass rusher. Manny Nunnery. All of these guys are going to be involved as pass rushers. I would like to see how often we'll – and we'll never really know this. Like, we won't know the numbers here because, well, we aren't in the room with them. But I would like to see how often the defensive call is going to involve uh, – we'll say Shamar James, for example. So Shamar James, hey, Shamar, if the tight end runs out for a route, you're covering the tight end or you're dropping back into coverage. If the tight end stays into pass protect, you're rushing the passer. Now you're blitzing. I'm curious to see how much of that is going to be that with this defense under Austin Armstrong and how much of it's just going to be Hey, Shamar, you're firing on this play, no matter what you're going in. And uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to work, just because that is, again, a very nuanced part of calling a defense is kind of giving them the assignment of going, hey, you've got the tight end or the running back are obviously the two most frequent ones where if they stay in the pass protect, you're going in. So I'm curious to see how much of the defense is going to be that or how much of the defense is just going to be go in, no matter what. I don't care. Tight ends running around, I don't care. Hit the quarterback before you can throw to him. Running, running backs running around, hit the quarterback before you can throw to him. Because like I've mentioned before, I know that Coach Vass has a saying, Coach Vass, of course, on Twitter, has a saying, which is the quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes. And I know that Coach Vass at least knows or has worked with Patrick Tony, Austin Armstrong before. And I know Austin Armstrong really subscribes to the quarterback can't see with it, with tears in his eyes mindset. So I understand that. I understand that's going to be a point. I'm also very interested in seeing, we know Jaden Hill trying star. We know that he's playing star right now. He's working out of the slot. This is something where if you've listened to lockdown Gators since early February, I've talked about this. Jaden Hill in the slot. It's going to be a thing they are at least trying out. I don't. I personally, I don't think he's going to be good there. I, I think his change of direction is not quick enough to be operating out of star. But if you're going to be playing heavy zone, especially when it's cover three, and you get to kind of fire down to the to the uh, flats of your Jaden Hill, I could see it working. It's just not something I'm super bought in on. And his eyes are great in zone coverage, but. I don't trust his change of direction ability if he's playing man on a slot receiver because slot receivers are so freaking shifty. I've talked about it before. I played corner. I played safety. Slot was not something that I can do with any sort of positive outcome on a consistent basis. It's really hard to do. So there's that. I am also curious to see how he operates as a pass rusher because in 2022, he was used as a pass rusher a grand total of three times. He generated a pressure, but three times as a pass rusher. So it's not something that I'm saying he can do. It's not something that I'm saying he can't do. It's something that we've never really seen him do. 
So I'm curious to see how effective he's going to be as a pass rusher because it's also different when you're rushing from the outside corner spot because you are never expected to be a pass rusher there. But if you're in the slot, especially in an Austin Armstrong defense, guess what? You're going to be used at least a couple times, way more than a couple, though, as a pass rusher. So I'm very interested to see how Jaden Hill kind of slots in there because blitzing is going to be such an important part of this defense. We all know that. That's not me speculating. That's not me projecting. That's me saying Austin Armstrong likes to blitz. He's going to blitz. It might not be 40% like he did at Southern Miss, but I would still expect to see it, we'll say 33% of the time, a third of the time that the opposing team is throwing the ball, expect to see pressure. And expect to see that number climb on third down and medium or third and long. Because guess what? You're gonna have to throw beneath, you're gonna have to throw short of the sticks then, and you're gonna have to run for that first down after you catch that ball. Because we are hitting you. If you want to wait for that receiver to get past the line of scrimmage to get past the first down marker, we're hitting you and we're hurting you, like not injuring, but we're gonna make you feel that. And so I'm I'm curious to see just how what the frequency is there. But there's another thing to talk about here for the Florida Gators in terms of really fixing this pass rush for 2023. That's creativity. You can talk about, or we're going to talk about creepers. That's something that we've talked about creepers ad nauseum. I'll go through them again. And Austin Armstrong said, you know, creepers are going to be something from us that you're going to see. And he even, he even like, that's what you want to call it. Creepers are going to be a thing where fans love the name and the thought behind it. Media loves the name and the thought behind it. Hell, I love the name and the thought behind it. But creepers are not going to be this this massive part of the game plan. However, we're going to talk about it because Austin Armstrong, when he described it, and I talked about it on Friday's show, if I'm not mistaken, it was Friday, maybe Thursday, but I talked about it where it's a four-man pressure against the pass a five-man pressure against the run because obviously if it's a run, then the D end that or the defensive lineman that is supposed to be dropping back into coverage is not going to be dropping back into coverage. And when I say defensive lineman, I mean someone on the defensive line, whether they have a hand in the dirt, two hands in the dirt or not, someone on the defensive line. So there's that where you're going to see that. And against the run, they're rushing in. They're not dropping into coverage. So that's why it's a four-man pressure against the pass, five-man pressure against the run. He also mentioned cover three principles on the back end, which that's nothing new. So on the back end, and we spoke about cover three on uh, Friday, where cover three is just just generally speaking, three players with deep zone responsibility. And Creepers is not a blitz. It's rushing four people. So three players with deep zone responsibility, four players with underneath zone responsibility. And one of those underneath zones is going to be taken care of by a jack, a defensive end, a defensive tackle, where they're going to be dropping back into coverage. Maybe two of them are taken up by those players and two linebackers, safety, uh, corner, slot blitzes. Maybe that's what it is. It's a replacement blitz. Defensive lineman, or we'll say linebacker blitzing, defensive lineman drops back he's replacing him in coverage so that's what we can talk about with those replacement blitzes which that so i think most people 
probably understand that. Most Gators fans probably understand that by now because we've heard about creepers so much. That's going to be a part of this pass rush plan. Fixing the pass rush, that's going to be a part of it. What else is going to be a part of it? Delayed blitzes, which is just, hey, they snap the ball, you wait a second, and then you fire in. You make them think, because especially if, you, because I mentioned uh, in the last segment where you can see a linebacker where you go, okay, watch what the running back does. If he is pass protecting, then you blitz. If he runs a route, then you drop into coverage or you pick him up, whatever it might be. There's also the flip side with these delayed blitzes where you can say, hey, Shamar, because we're going to use Shamar again for an example, you're going to wait a second and then you're going to rush the passer. Because on the offensive side of the ball, you might have the running back who he goes, okay, when they snap the ball, I have pass protection responsibility more than anything where if a linebacker rushes the passer, I need to pick that up. But if he doesn't rush the passer, I am now an outlet option here. I'm, I'm a receiving option. And so those delayed blitzes means, well, everybody goes. Shamar James waits a second. Running back runs out into a route, and Shamar James fires. Or running back is like, you know what? I'm pass protecting no matter what. Shamar James fires anyway. So that's one of the things you'll see, those delayed blitzes. Another thing are these stunts that I've talked about where you have – Four defensive linemen here. We're going to get situated here. You got four defensive linemen here. You have, we'll say this is Princely. I don't know why I'm naming them, but you've got Princely, you've got Dez, you've got Cam Jackson, and you've got Antoine Power Island. And you have Dez pushes, we'll say this way out, and Princely loops underneath or loops over top, we'll say, and he's now rushing the passer. So Desmond Watson is pushing the guard and the tackle, or ideally pushing the guard into the tackle. And then Prince Leo Mamiela loops around Desmond Watson, and he's now rushing through that right massive hole that should theoretically be there if things work out the way they should. So that's what those stunts are, where you're pushing one offensive lineman into another, ideally, and then a defensive end or a defensive lineman is wrapping around that push, and now they have a clean lane. Because you put the offensive line through absolute hell if that's your approach. NFL offensive linemen struggle picking up stunts and adapting quick enough. College offensive linemen, it is so torturous to them which is why you see more colleges running stunts more frequently nowadays. Patrick Tony, that's that's going to be one of the biggest differences, by the way. It's blitzing and stunts because Patrick Tony did run stunts occasionally, but he very rarely did that. So you're going to see more of this. Still not going to be a lot. I, I realized that the same thing happened when Patrick Tony came in and we were like, oh, creepers. And a lot of Gators fans were like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a, his normal defense is just that. And that's not true. But it is something that you call sporadically. And that's the same thing with stunts. It's a not Austin Armstrong's normal defense, but it's part of his pass rush plan. It's part of his repertoire. We mentioned, you know, or he mentioned, we don't have a toolbox. We have a tool, tool shed. That's in the tool shed. That, that's, that's in the tool shed. That's the chainsaw that you're getting. Like, you're not going to use it often. But when you do, stuff's coming down, okay? That, that's, that's the chainsaw. That's what we're talking about there. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. Make your second listen Locked On College Basketball, hosted by Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. And they've been absolutely annihilating. And I got to work with both of them a ton this past weekend covering March Madness. They are awesome, and they're killing it, and they're going to keep killing it. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, and NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.